history with the podcast guy, Matt King. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to our podcast. Unfortunately, for some, our topics that we talk about may be offensive to some people. The topics that we discuss could also be triggers, and we want you to be aware of that. If you are in need of help, please talk to a professional, a family member, or a friend. We are not medical professionals, and we don't claim to be. We are just two guys with a microphone and a platform. Please listen with discretion. Welcome to This Time in History, guys. I'm Matthew, and we're back again with another interview for the 2022 municipal election. And remember, guys, October 24th is voting day. The only way to affect change is to be part of it. With me today, she's running for City Council Ward 2 of the City of Pickering, Miss Mara Nagy. I hope I said that right. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, And this is your opportunity right off the bat to introduce yourself to the listeners and ultimately answer the questions, why are you running, why this election, and why now? Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so my name's Mara, uh, Mara Nagy. I have grown up in Pickering. I'm 30 years old, so I know I'm uh, quite young for a candidate, but I really, that actually ties into one of the reasons that I'm running is that I really think that, um, well, I mean, especially we saw after the federal election and after the provincial election, the low voter turnout, I think that one of the, I think that the future of politics is really mobilizing the youth vote and uh, the younger vote. And I think that one of the key ways to do that is to get younger folks who are interested in politics to actually be getting out and being that, that change that we're wanting to see on the, on the political field. Um, about myself, I, uh, I'm a teacher, I'm a supply teacher with the Toronto District School Board and Durham. Uh, I'm a PhD candidate at York University and I study uh, community development um, and uh, local history as well as uh, I'm an environmental activist and I work in food service as well. So I wear a lot of hats, but all of them tie into what I do and why I do what I do. Absolutely. That sounds great. Very, very uh, well-rounded. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to uh, flesh out your platform or any literature, like a website, but anything that you want to say on uh, on platforms um, that you might have developed? Yeah, so I'm still... Uh, I'm, I still... I, I mean, by the time this by the time this airs, I'm sure it'll it'll all be it'll all be ready and live and everything. But I'm still uh, fleshing out the the last the last kind of points of my platform. But there's a few points that I'm really focusing in on. I'm not going to go through everything, but uh, in the environment, um, green space connections, transit infrastructure development, as well as um, responsible growth and development, um, and just a little bit like Pickering, like Pickering's at a crossroads right now. Um, if you will, a, a turning point for our future and growth and development are inevitable, but how that happens remains up to us. So like to tie into everything, respecting our green space, respecting our need for green space in Pickering is crucial. Um, but like I said, we can still decide the direction that we want to grow, whether we're looking to build up, out or inwards, right? So I I believe that develop mindfully growth such as townhomes, duplexes, mid-rises, those are the kinds of things that we really be looking at, um, as well as 
you know, um, working with with infrastructure as well. Um, one of the big buzz points um, in Pickering right now is uh, there's there's like 75 condos have been slated for development along Kingston Road, and um, it, no one is ambivalent on that. People are either um, for or against, and more people seem to be against than for. Um, and personally, I believe that Pickering is not in a position to be able to handle that kind of growth without the infrastructure to accompany. So um, I believe that scale back a lot of those. I believe that, like I said, growth is inevitable. We do need to be developing. But having 55-story condos, that's not Pickering's character. And that's not... And a lot of people, like, people don't want that to be Pickering's character, right? So, like I said, mid-rises, we need to look, like, looking at, like, 10 stories, that's, like, and, and like I said, developing that, developing that transit infrastructure along with it. One of the huge things is that, what about the schools that come with that? What about the grocery stores? What about the small businesses that are already along that route? All of this development is slated for Kingston Road alone, really, maybe just adjacent off of it, but mostly just along Kingston Road. What about all the rest of Pickering? You get you run into the last mile problem with things like this, right? So there's so much that hasn't been mindfully considered along with that. And so it all kind of ties in together, right? The climate degree is um, introduced as an environmental activist. And one of the one of the big things that um, that I worked with a couple of years ago was um, the MZO of South Pickering. Um, so I was part of the team that stopped um, that that stopped that that MZO from going through. So those are the kinds of things that I'm fighting for, right? Protecting the wetlands is one of the main reasons that Pickering is is still. We have some of the last kind of last bastion of wetland, if you will, um, across the city. So these are these are things that are really important to me. Uh, I'm just going to jump in there for a second. I wanted to wait for you to finish when you're Sorry. saying. When you when you were saying um, about uh, they don't have the infrastructure to deal with the, the condo towers, are you specifically referring to like the extra electricity and the sewage and the, the water and, and stuff like that, or are you uh, talking about something else? Well, I'm I'm referring more to like social infrastructure as well. Um, to be in the spirit of like quite honest, I haven't looked into the, the minutia of, of sewage and stuff, although that's a very good point, and I will be looking into that. Um, but uh, just in terms of, like, the social infrastructure, like, the, our transit, for example, is not well fleshed out at all. Um, Pickering is a very much a, a driving city, uh, and people don't, like, a lot of folks don't really take the bus, um, and uh, efforts to kind of encourage people to take the bus haven't really and out in Ukraine. So um, the bus routes aren't aren't very well-equipped. They're not well... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Buses generally run fairly empty um, in Pickering, um, except, again, along the... the but uh, so it kind of works towards that kind of infrastructure as well. Like, if we say, like, let's take for a second pretend that we, you know, we go along with all of the, the intensification of Kingston Road. What happens to somebody who's living in North Pickering? How do they get, we want, you know, we want the buses to run along Kingston Road. Somebody takes their car to get to Kingston Road. How do they get into there? Like, where do they park? What are they going to, right? So all of this infrastructure hasn't really 
been considered and developed alone. That's that's the that's the infrastructure that I'm referring to is is um, specifically like transit and whatever. And then the schools. If we're if we're building condos, families to right, where are the schools going to go? Schools haven't necessarily been slated for development or haven't been slated for growth. So where where are the kids that that move here going to go? Absolutely, those are all good questions, and I feel like. Um, not only for the city of Toronto, but Pickering as well as most of the GTA. The next four years are very, very vital. They're very important, and a lot of uh, big decisions have to be made. And so we need the right people in office to make those decisions. Um, I want to talk about the power plant uh, for for a minute. Sure. Um, I I know that it was slated to be closed before. It was saved once. Um, apparently, it's supposed to be slated to be closed in 2024. What do you see for that? Do you think it's going to go through with it? Do you um, uh, do you support keeping it open? What about the people who depend on that for employment? And what about the long-term health effects for people that live uh, in the city of Pickering because of the power plant? Um, those are all very good questions. And uh, honestly, I... I don't know that I have a, a one specific answer for that, or I don't know that I, I'm, I'm very much kind of torn on it because I, um, I've grown up in Pickering, right? So I, I grew up with the plant um, kept just there and it is actually in Ward 2. So um, it's, it's something that I've kind of been thinking about, but I, I don't know what, do I think it's going to be closed? I don't think it's going to be closed in two years. Um, I just, I know that, you know, it's still as much as they have de- decommissioned parts of it. Um, other parts are alive and well, right? And I think two years is a very well, not even two years. If we're saying twenty twenty four, that up to a year and a half to two and a half years, really. Um, I think that's a very short amount of time uh, to be able to say, okay, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna close it by then, or we're gonna start like planning. Like, I just think it's a very short timeline for the, for the plant. Um, I know that uh, were it to close, I, I, to my understanding, um, those who w- would continue working with OPG would move to uh, Darlington. Okay. I know that that's actually also that's that's quite a drive. I know that like if you, yeah the, the the short answer is I don't actually like I I don't know I don't know how I feel about uh, about it closing. Um, I don't think it's going to close. I also know that ultimately um, it, we do have to kind of follow um, or we our, our role is to work collaborative, collaboratively and cooperatively with the government, right? A- with absolutely. The absolutely. Federal. And this one, I, I would be a provincial government mandate, but um, working with the government to try and, to try and support re- needs and to try and support what is best for Pickering and whatever that like at that time. Absolutely. Um, in terms of the budget, um, what do you see are uh, some, con- like, have you started uh, uh, door knocking yet in your ward? And maybe what are some of the concerns, whether they're budget related or whatever that you've been able to uh, ascertain from the people you've spoken with? Yeah, so I've, I've spoken to... I- really done a lot of official door knocking um my uh, campaign literature is coming in 
actually tomorrow. Um, so I will be doing a lot more talking right after that. But uh, I have been speaking to uh, to folks that I know, folks that I peripherally know, folks that I know very well, and just kind of you know friends of friends, people I don't really know, but who are anybody who's possibly interested. So it's nothing official, but it's a lot anecdotal door knocking, if you will, so far. Um, and uh, honestly, that hasn't really come up much. The the big the big thing that come up a lot is is these these towers, these condo. towers. That's what keeps coming up, and it's it's very interesting that it it seems it feels like this is a huge, huge um, kind of moment of like residents really taking an interest the way that they never really have before in the municipal. Like anybody you talk to, anybody I talk to, like I said, I work in food service, so I work in a in a drive through. And anytime my drive-thru is bored too, and anytime that I've mentioned possibly to, to regular customers or friends who come through the drive-thru, like, oh yeah, you know, I'm running for I'm running for city council. Everyone's like, oh yeah, get these towers out of here. That's just the, the constant, the go-to that they say. So it's really interesting that yes, I'm sure I'm sure that once people kind of move past or kind of go deeper than than this condo issue, there is there are more concerns for them. But this seems to be the big trigger. Yeah, you know, um, I will say that I'm a truck driver, so I've been to Pickering to deliver. It's a very nice um, community, um, and there are not that many apartment buildings. It's, like, mostly houses and stuff like that, mm-hmm. so it, it's it's nice. It's quiet, I think, is the right word. Yes, definitely, definitely. It's a good way to put it. It's quiet. It's... I feel like it's uh, it hasn't lost its small town feel and its small town character, even though it is approaching probably about a hundred thousand people. We're getting there if we haven't passed. The so, in terms of the budget, um, what are some of the concerns that are going to be that Pickering is going to be facing um, in the next four years? Um, that that you know of or that you think or what do you think should be um the top priorities in terms of the budget for the city of pickering mm-hmm. um i guess sorry i'm kind of just processing and trying to trying to pick out um i really i do think um i do think that transit and uh infrastructure development along that line I think that that is I think that that's imperative to moving forward as a progressive city um, and that's something that I think I'm very very set on and very passionate about I think uh, well I think a developed city is not one where everybody wants to take their car but one where everybody wants to take the bus right and um, if you look at cities like Hamilton Ottawa, even King they've consistently been working to improve their infrastructures and as such they are all heavily growing cities right they're bringing they're bringing new every single day and that all works to that that all works collaboratively right we talk about budgets we talk about what our budget can go to our budget ultimately comes from residents from business right so growing like growing along with um sorry going along the main arteries of the cities um working city of Toronto I mean I don't I don't know how feasible this is but I would 
I would love personally, in an ideal world, to see the TTC expand into Durham Region, just like they did in York Region, right? Taking already developed plans for for bus lane or whatever, adapting them uh, to our to to our main street, especially to growing areas of the city like North Pickering, Seton. But uh, yeah, so I think that that's I think that that's something that we should really be looking at over the next four years, um, moving the transit system to EV. Right to save money on gas, on maintenance, upkeep, green protections. Right, these are these are these are things that I'm thinking about. Absolutely, and you know what? Uh, you you kind of beat me to the punch there because yeah, that's one of the things I was going to ask you about transit was, um, you know, we have seen it go into York Region. Why why not uh, push it? into uh into pickering you know once we can extend the subway specifically the subway i'm talking about um further into scarborough there's no reason why we can't extend it into durham region yeah and again i don't know what that would look like i don't know what that would necessarily do i'm I'm kind of speaking as someone who is not obviously a, a road specialist or a or a transit person in any way right so i don't i don't know the details minutia i don't know if i I don't know the impact um environmental or otherwise um of expanding that so that's something that again as a resident of pickering is something that i would like to see but um i do need to do my own research before i before i start saying this absolutely categorically what needs to happen but again i'm speaking from an ideal in an ideal world right i really i think that it could i think that it could be really impactful from a from a social point of view, right? Just having that, get, being able to move people not just into Toronto every day, but out into Pickering, into Durham region. I think that could do wonders for our tourism. The Pickering waterfront is already one of it's it's a huge huge visiting point for people from all across all across Durham, all across Toronto. Like there are people that come in from the West End to come to our waterfront, right? And being able to um, like expand transit. Even if we had buses, like we could expand buses, no problem. We have bus lanes here in Pickering. So expanding a TTC bus, while we consider the impacts and the the ramifications and the possibilities of a, let's say of this of this hypothetical subway that you and I are discussing, right? But a bus could totally come out into Pickering, and having that bus that were to come, let's say, to the GO station and doing like a shuttle down to the lakefront, that could that, that's something that it should definitely be possible. Absolutely, absolutely. The the waterfront is beautiful. The businesses down there. There's a lot. Absolutely. Um, In terms of, uh, I want to talk about um, homeless and uh, affordable housing. I think they kind of go hand in hand in a way. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure uh, what the situation is in terms of the homeless population in uh, the city of Pickering. Uh, but uh, if you could speak to that, um, and then maybe what more needs to happen to help these people. And also, um, you said with all these towers going up, is there an affordable housing contingent on these towers? And if not, wh- why not? Um, we need to do more to provide affordable housing for the, the people of Pickering. Go ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. I... I wholeheartedly agree with that last with that last statement there. I, I mean, the so there is um, 
like a, a whole development plan that has been outlined um, online. Uh, it's it, it's in a report about the intensification of Kingston Road, and uh, so I have read it all. And there was there was a portion there about affordable housing. It's been a I'm trying to remember exactly what the number was. There were a lot of numbers in that report. I believe it was 25 or 30 percent that was stated to be um, like of everything that was affordable housing. There was something in there about um, as we develop the city to build new affordable housing units before um, renovating or demolishing old ones. Um, so there have there are some measures that have been put in place. But at the same time, when we use the word affordable housing, when we're thinking about what the price of housing become, and to speak to what you said earlier about Pickering not really having many buildings and Pickering being mostly a, a city of single-family homes, single-family homes are, are criminally expensive these days. There was a, a bungalow down Liverpool Road, and I don't know if anybody's familiar with how many of your listeners can be familiar with Liverpool Road, but that's uh, it's it's one of the main arteries of the city, and it's the street that goes down to um, the Pickering Waterfront, but it's also mostly like post-war homes. Um, so it's small bungalows, carports, no garages, like really, really cute to drive down, but one of those houses I saw sale sign and it wasn't even that close to the water it was pretty far up like by by the highway and then i looked it up and it was nine hundred fifty thousand dollars wow which uh, is wow <laughs> ridiculous yeah for a for a bungalow in pickering i am familiar with liverpool road uh i've driven down that road quite a, quite a few times so you know exactly then how ridiculous this <clears throat> this price is that I'm telling you it was it, it it just it feels ludicrous to me that I'm 30 years old and I can't even consider buying a home and so the, the reason that I coming back to the original point when we talk about affordable homes affordable in in terms of like a a mandated thing ever that just means that it's a lower percentage of what the actual house price is or that actual condo price is or what it may be. But when those prices, those starting points are so high, affordable isn't affordable. And especially people who are needing affordable housing, right? So the idea of well, we're going to build, we're going to develop, like we're going to throw in 25% of affordable housing or whatever, that doesn't do anything for people who are actually are actually um, in need of affordable housing, truly, right? So I think one of the big things that as a municipal government we do is is to be able to work, again, I, I touched on this, but to be able to work collectively and cooperatively with our provincial government, which of course mandates um, housing initiatives and all of that, right? Um, I think part of our job is is to be uh, the representative for residents, right? One of the beautiful things about municipal politics is that there is no, um, obviously everybody in their heart of hearts leans one way or the other, but there's no parties, right? Everybody runs independently. And the great thing about that is that that creates a united front 
to work with whoever is in charge. That's what I love about municipal politics. I'm not voting for a party. I'm voting for the person. Exactly. And I think that one of our responsibilities as being independent is, um, like, when you run with a party, you obviously, you, you follow those party lines. And again, you follow those party lines because that's what you believe in your heart of hearts, right? But when you're running municipally, your role is to represent the residents. The residents choose a person, and you represent the residents much more than you represent uh, a political ideal, I think. Absolutely. At least that's how I feel about municipal politics. And so one of our duties, one of our responsibilities as city councillors is to keep our government's feet to the fire in terms of getting what we need for our residents. It's about about fighting for residents and for pickers every single day. And that that that's where kind of that's where I'm going in the idea of affordable housing and the idea of supporting homeless residents. Like, yes, we as a city, like there are, you know, there are shelters, there are supports, there are resources, but whatever it is, it's not enough. And a lot of that is not enough because there's not enough support coming in from 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 any government really to be able to to be able to push that. And also I would argue that we need to potentially reprioritize, right, where city interests are and, and what is important to the city of Pickering. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to talk about uh, crime and the police. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about uh, your opinion on the, um, the crime rate in Pickering, what you think needs to be done or could be done better. And then the uh, your opinion on the relationship between the city of Pickering and the Durham Regional Police. That's a very big question uh, because I would say that it goes without saying, but we can't not acknowledge it. That of course, some groups of people, racialized groups of people, um, people are more heavily impacted by police and more targeted. Right? They're disproportionately impacted by police presence. But at the same time, can't ignore that there are, you know, there are, there is, there is crime on the rise in Pickering, right? The carjacking, that was a, a big thing in the spring, right? It seems to somehow have, I, I'm not sure if it's died down or if it's just that CP24 has moved on, but uh, <laughs> there are, there have been lots of, there's, um, there's a few different Facebook groups on Pickering. Pickering neighbors, Pickering talk, whatever. Right? There's, there's a few different like in the various neighborhoods. The point is that almost every single day, every single day, there's at least one or two posts about people who had their car stolen overnight or who had some sort of weapon pulled on them. Um, somebody had a photo of a car, like in a, the underground garage, or not the underground garage, sorry, the parking garage at the mall, and they had, there was a photo of a, a white car with like three kids in it um, saying, oh, these kids like attacked me, or I can't remember what the exact post was, but something violent or, or violent adjacent and um so these these things are happening um but i also hesitate like i don't want to just say like oh we need more police presence because obviously that's not 
necessarily like that's not the right answer is to just automatically throw more like because that's just a band-aid solution one and two like i said it disproportionately impacts and it can create more trauma and more harm to um like to racialize communities across pickering so i am i don't know right offhand what the right answer is but i am looking forward uh to learning continue to learn from and uh collaborating with members of the community in figuring out that answer i guess what 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 the big thing that i'm trying to uh, get across is like okay mm. so for and you can apply this to any file but um i did an interview with uh, a candidate that is running in scarborough and one of the big things I took away from that interview was that um, even though he and I don't sit on the same um, political aisle, I agreed with a lot of the stuff that he said, and he was very passionate. And the main thing that he said was that there is room to have those difficult decisions. And I think um, as listeners, as voters listen to this, they just want to know that the room to have that difficult decision is possible because with the current administration, I, I, I'm speaking for Toronto, not not mm-hmm. Pickering, for, with the current administration, there is no room to have that conversation. That's why we need change in Toronto. And I, I, I don't know if uh, something similar is happening in, in Pickering, but I think the voters just want to know that there's there's room to have that difficult conversation, no matter what file you're talking about. Oh, absolutely. 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 Whatever it is, I, I, in education, um, I'm, uh, I'm what's called a story-based educator. Um, and, uh, so what, what my, what my brand of education really is, is that I like to, um, I like to teach based off of both the curriculum, but off of what what the students are looking to learn. It's about collaborating on on education and on our children's future. That's that's kind of where I sit with well, is everything I think is about collaboration, everything is about conversation and about um, open and honest dialogue. And that's that's I think the foundational kind of building block of everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um the last thing I wanted to ask you was about um, public health. Uh, I'm interested to know your opinion on uh, the city of Pickering's response to the pandemic, um, how they handled it, and then ultimately what lessons were learned or need to still be learned um, in case there's another pandemic, say monkeypox, for example. Um. I will say that the city was given quite a lot of resources in order to handle the pandemic. Um, I don't know how much of that was. Uh, we have a very prominent member of provincial parliament our, uh, as our representative. Um, the Minister of Finance is the MPP for, for Pickering Uxbridge. So um, I, I don't know, like I said, I don't know how much of that came from, came from the pro- from the the representation um 
but we did get we did get quite a lot of resources. As far as I was concerned, I I thought that it was. Um, I believe it was the same in Toronto. We did it. It was done by postal code at first, right? So if you're in this postal code, whatever, if you're in this postal code, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I remember, I don't remember offhand now kind of the, the details, but I do remember feeling a little like looking at the postal codes that there were and feeling a little weird about which postal codes had been selected. Um, so knowing myself the way I do, there, I, I'm, I think that what it was at the time is probably, I think that I know that my postal code is one of the first ones selected and I live in kind of one of the bigger, I moved back home a few years ago. So I live, I live in the house that I grew up in now with my, with my folks. And, uh, it's one of bigger kind of uh, sprawling suburban homes. Um, and my whole neighborhood is like that. So I, I remember thinking that like, it's odd that this was like a postal code area selected when there are other, um, like there are other smaller scale units, like the, the, the condos, for example, where people are in a lot more close conditions or, uh, the, you know, the townhouses, um, kind of around, like there's, 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 there was, I'm trying to find my, I'm kind of getting, I'm kind of ramp getting a little bit lost in my ideas here, but, uh, there was stuff that made me kind of double take at it a bit, but overall I would say that it was handled um, better than in other places. Let's put it that way. Nice. Um, in terms of what would happen of an upcoming pandemic, I mean, again, the response wasn't, the response wasn't terrible. Um, I mean, Durham's a lot of it came from Durham, right? Durham health. It wasn't just the city of, right. I think that that's uh, something that I need in mind as well right that we work with the Durham region of health and Durham like the Durham district school board for example having uh, the online education piece and still having that online education piece now whereas Toronto for has uh, gone to a hybrid learning model um, I think that maintaining that online education that's been um, like that's been really great right the fact that that still exists um, so there's sorry I'm there's a lot that I'm, I'm trying to, to think of and say all at once, but I think I should kind of wrap it up there. No, no, honestly, it sounds like it, um, you guys did pretty good. I can't say the same for Toronto. You know, it's a bigger city here, so we watch the news every day, and it's just on and on and on. Every day of the pandemic, it was it got worse and worse and worse and it's just so tired of it i ended up tur i stopped watching the tv i stopped listening to it i stopped i turned off the radio when i was driving i just didn't want to hear about it anymore compassion fatigue exactly <laughs> so it's huge it's a very real thing and i think it's hit all of us at some point on some level um so before we wrap up this is just your 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 I guess your final opportunity, sorry to put it like that, uh, <laughs> to talk to the voters and basically, you know, if you have a website, you can share that and just tell them, you know, why, why they should vote for you. Yeah. Um, I think, so yeah, I think people in Pickering, I think are excited for change. Um, I definitely am. And I think this shows and encourages that, our council really needs to be 
work with residents, with the various communities in Pickering, as well as the larger community as a whole. And I, for me, like Pickering's always provided me with opportunity. And I really, really, I want to be the voice for Pickering now. Um, Pickering's changed. And I'm here to beat that change on council because I'm part of that result of that change in the city. I uh, I moved to Canada when I was when I was a kid, when I was a young young when I was a toddler, and then I moved to Pickering when I was old. Right. So I've seen this change. I've moved with that change, and I've pushed myself into that change in Pickering. And so with that, I'm ready to bring a new, fresh perspective to council from the perspective of someone who gets the system but is outside of it. You know, we need that diversity of ideas at that table. And uh, I, so I like I love I love Pickering. I really really do. Um, I left for school. I came back, but I've absolutely just fallen in love with this city all over again. And uh, I think there's nothing more important than loving where you live and uh, supporting local. And my my aim is to be mindful, sustainable, community oriented, and to amplify voices and provide platforms for others to speak and for everyone to be able to come up together. So that's my kind of my elevator pitch for why I'm the right choice. Um, my website is just my full name, so maranagy.com. My uh, my I've got a link tree which links to all of my social media, um, and it's uh, maranagy.w2, like Ward Two, um, which is also my Instagram handle and my Facebook page as well. I'm trying to think about any other of my socials. I think that's it for now, at least. There's, well, there's absolutely. Like, and sorry, I just had one other question. Yes. Um, so I ask all my candidates this, or at least I try. I think I've forgotten on some. But um, is there anybody that's running for mayor or other city councilor positions or school trustees that you uh, would be willing to endorse at this time? Yeah. Um, there's it, a few people that I i'm quite fond of um but uh, i really want to endorse uh emma cunningham um she's running for trustee um for durham district school board uh public and she i've known her for a few years now i've been with her on a variety of on a variety of projects political political projects and i think that she's incredible um, in what she does, and I think that she is far and beyond an, an amazing choice for trustee. Um, she really, really cares about her kids' education. She really cares about Pickering, and uh, she moved to the city ago and just came in ready to ready to make a change and ready to bring ready to bring that energy in. Absolutely, she's a she's a wonderful individual. Yeah. Um. Okay. I just, uh, so, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, so I just want to let you know, you know, election night for me is like, um, it's like Christmas, you know, uh, I get in front of the TV and I'm watching all, not only the mayoral races and the school trustee races, but the council races as well. And not just for the city of Toronto, it's all over. Uh, the GTA, I, I like to keep track, especially the people that I interview. Uh, so mm -hmm. I'll be I'll be watching, and I wanna I wanna wish you so much luck on your campaign trail, and thank you so much for coming on and doing this interview and and trusting me to facilitate the process. I really appreciate it, and like I said, I wish you nothing but luck going forward. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'll be sure to touch base with you as city councilor on October 25th. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much for this interview. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much. You too.